It's Friday, March the 1st, 2024, and this is How to Restart a Church, a spin-off podcast where I, Pastor Trey Comstock, and my dear friend and colleague, Pastor Emily Larson, talk about how to make church happen and how to make church happen again. This <laughs> week, we're going to continue a discussion of a theme uh, that has ended up being at the center of... Um, what this show is, and that is the like the world's view of the church as having, in a real way, disappeared from the role that p- even the world thinks we should probably be serving. I mean, this was kind of at the heart of last week's discussion of the He Gets Us ads, right? That, you know, right. a lot of people's reaction to He Gets Us is like, why are you buying Super Bowl ads? Feed the homeless. And I go, right. I mean, yeah, we should probably feed the homeless that you look around and realize that, you know, um, uh, yeah, uh-huh. So uh, this mm-hmm. comes from, so I uh, recently uh, came across the existence of Comment Magazine, um, which has the tagline of public theology for the common good. It is a, you know, it, it comes out of like a really thoughtful approach to looking at Christianity and culture and, you know, what can the church be and how can we be better in a modern world, but in like a really kind of elevated and scholarly way. I, you know, I I think it ticks a lot of boxes of like, this is interesting to me. Um, But in the editor of Comment uh, Magazine is a woman named Anne Snyder. Um, and for their uh, most recent um, edition, the December 2023 edition, she wrote an editorial to kind of frame the issue um, called Church, Where Are You? And this article kind of grows out of her reaction to January 6, 2021, and not in the mm-hmm. like political way, but as she really thought that in this moment of great division, maybe the church, capital C, big C church, could make a statement of unity. And Mm -hmm. she tried to, like, get something going, and it just didn't work. And that kind of got her spiraling into, like, yeah, where are we? Like, where is the church? And she, she's a layperson. She's not a pastor. She kind of comes from the kind of writing thick tank academia world, not the world of pastoral ministry, which in some ways is like really helpful. It's really helpful to hear from some non-pastors every once in a while. Good Lord. Yes, um, yes it is. We hear enough of our own voices. <laughs> um, but I'm going to read I'm going to read two paragraphs uh, toward, that come from uh, towards the end of the piece to kind of help. It jump jump into it with discussion and capture use her words to capture her thoughts I'll stop summarizing her and let her speak for herself it's it's a very well written piece a link to it's in the show notes as well um it's as if the church is the missing puzzle piece for precisely this moment but she is caught flat-footed mired in her navel lacking vision and supernatural power and so we lay people rove 
finding sucker to supplement her thin gruel, we experience, quote, thy kingdom come, end quote, God acting in the rigor of our vocations, in monasteries provided by silence and pervaded by silence and prayer, in church-like communities of our own making, in focused reading, and in relationships characterized by boundary-crossing care. We find it in neighbors' needs, where sacrifice is required, where the way is demanding yet beautiful. We find it in communities that have required a big yes at cost of a lot of other yeses, that haven't cheapened themselves into yet one more program, one more bit of noise. For despite everything, every cultural nudge that seduces us into thinking that we need lives of optionality to be happy— Deep down, we still crave a home that is trustworthy enough, believable enough, vibrant and countercultural enough to lay down our defenses, to be our full selves, and to submit. Sadly, the average North American congregation, at least for the next generation, appears to have ceded that floor. Now jumping down a couple paragraphs. I want to end with one window of hope. Much of my vocation has been graced by the invitation to see and describe the individual and communal transformation so often seated by the sacred sector. Rehab communities for addicts and criminals, Christian colleges charting new business models for higher ed, for higher ed faith-filled police officers reforming the culture of their department and reframing the debate around mental health and racial bias, interventions addressing homelessness that inspire regular people to shelter the unhoused and expand their block's understanding of who a neighbor can be. The examples are legion, present in every re- region, yet led by people who— while they may be insufficiently nourished by their local place of worship, are nonetheless putting into practice the conviction that the gospel can yet redeem any reality and change our world. These are my heroes, those who give me a picture of a cruciform power and remind me that, for all the church's failures, God is still at work in his people often Mm -hmm. in startling and unexpected ways, and that the church is often catching up with that spe- with what the spirit is doing in the world the question is should they be more intentionally connected to one another and under what kind of canopy might they find their public voice yeah i yeah i, I very convicting yeah very convicting i hear in that mm-hmm. a chapter of scripture i reflect on often which is esther chapter 4 and mm-hmm. it is the the, the letter-writing episode between Esther and Mordecai. And we remember Esther 4.14 with the, like, you were made for such a time as this. But the other part of that Mordecai's argument is that God is going to accomplish what God is going to accomplish, whether you, Esther, are a part of it or not. But maybe right. you should step up and do the thing that you were put in this place for. God is going to save God's people, whether you act or not. You, Esther, are not irrelevant but can make yourself irrelevant because God's going right. to do what God's going to do. And so have, have we done that yeah. as a church, right? Yeah. So God is going to redeem God's people. God is redeeming all of creation. So maybe we as the church, capital C church, should get on board and be a part of that redemption work. Well, it just, the, the, you know, I, I recommend reading the whole article. It's, 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 it's a fairly short read. But it is kind of frames that whole argument far better than I can even summarizing it or reading a couple of selections. But 
it it sets up this like that people are finding this thing that they you know we've talked about this on the show before people seem to really need connection and really yeah. need the like thing that calls on them to be more than they thought that they could be right yeah. that it is not actually like you know people long for something more than swiping through aimlessly through tiktok right like right. rigorous movements are not I mean, some for positive, some for negative, but rigorous movements are doing just fine in the 21st Mm -hmm. century, whether it is movements of Christian nationalism or movements for climate justice or a lot of other things in between. Right. But that the church has become this, this thin gruel, this thing that we are meant to be is not, it, it is not the place where so many people are finding this. I think about, um, every once in a while, I save these articles, and we may do a full episode on this at some point, or I may just bring it in here. But I, I read about secular churches, and I was I was walking, mm-hmm. I was at the, I was at the zoo on Thursday morning last week, and uh, as I was coming out of the zoo, um, on one side of the bridge uh, was uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses that are always there, and then on the other side of the bridge. Not quite facing, but catty corner to the Jehovah's Witnesses, were people recruiting for a secular community congregation. Like literally, like a few people holding a sign for a secular church. And <laughs> they, and they, I don't even remember they use the word church. But they definitely like used a churchy word, but it mm-hmm. is secular. And this is not an un like an un like an uncommon thing. This is something that is growing in power of like, yeah, yeah, people want to gather and and people want to be called on to be more themselves. And this thing called church has just utterly failed them. And yet they still have these needs. And so, you know, these secular congregations popping up and there's probably like some, you know, opportunity to make fun of this. But actually, I think it is one of those things Back to, yeah, we've failed our Esther 414 moment. Like, God's going to gather people. Whether we step up or not, maybe we should step up. Yes. Maybe we should step up and do the thing that we were called to do. Um, And and I think that the world has seen that as well, right? Like, the world's opinion on what the church is and what the church does has changed drastically, I think, to, well, those are some nice people and they meet on Sundays, but what good do they actually do, right? One of the metrics that you and I have used, Trey, in um, looking at churches who are struggling is, you know, okay, if your doors closed tomorrow, would your community even notice? Um, What do you do, right? Like, what difference are you making in the world on the side of justice, on the side of God's kingdom building work? Like, what, who are you discipling? What are you doing in the world? Um, and if the answer is, you know, they wouldn't really notice except for the people who go here on Sundays, then maybe we need to reevaluate your model of what is happening in your church right now. Well, and I, I think this also gets back to the uncomfortable truth for me that I don't necessarily always feel up to, which is the call to actually be good. Right. Right. Like right. that call. Like, like maybe we should actually be better than the world around us. Right. And, and the, like, she calls out, like, this is a very incisive piece. Like she calls mm-hmm. out programs and, yeah. and like, yeah. And as a program director, I feel right, right. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Like I was director of programs 
for many years. <laughs> like I, I get that. I feel that personally. Well, All the fingers and, pointing this way. And I think both you and I get to where we are in life in part. This Todd Bolsinger brought this up with us, right? That like yes. you get to where you are in life because you were good at, at not the thing you're being asked to do. Right. Right. And for you and I, it, it maybe people recognize that we talk good, but I really think that the thing that has forever united you and I is we got to where we are because we're really good at running programs. Like we yes. are perhaps preternaturally good Mwah. at running programs. We can do programs, right? Like yep. you know, if the if the MythBusters, you know, I watch MythBusters, rewatch <laughs> it with my son again, right? They have forty years of special effects experience. What we have is forty years of running programs experience. And you know what, Emily, <laughs> yes. we're really stinking good at it right we I found, can run some darn programs like, i yeah. found myself this past weekend i found myself doing a memorial service in a very small meeting room of a holiday Inn express in tomball texas and you know what i ran that thing real good right like it is just like it's high degree of difficulty on that dive how do you like <laughs> manage a program and you know like because they've been doing this for 20 years like right. i ran and, you know in some ways like your and my friendship and colleagueship is just like oh man it is so good to have the old hand sitting next to you who just knows right. what needs to be done before you even do, before you even think and can it. just run the thing yeah. can just make the trains run on time right but and we're so, like, we, so much more than that we're supposed to be so much right. more than that yeah the, like and yeah, yeah. so we like this is our own my own your yeah i think this yes I, I, this I'm is lumping us. you this into this but this is us <laughs> right i'm like yes yeah but we think like we think in programs man <laughs> like yes, we do that's what i'm so good at because it's been our bread and butter for ministry models for so many years. It's how we got here is that we were at a far younger age than most of our peers really good at making. And, and, and I think, you know, we have at least strived to make healthy church happen. But like, darn right. it, our core skill set is making church happen as yep. a program to yes. run the programs. To run the things. Yes. And we're very good at that. We're so good. And and like in and yet what we are being called upon over and over again in the things that we things that we look at, if we don't think about the if we step outside of church world and certainly under a step outside of pastor world, what the world seems to be saying is a question that you and I ask ourselves often too is why aren't we better? Right. Why aren't we better? Why, why aren't we aren't, doing more? Why aren't we doing why, better? Why aren't we doing better? And that doesn't even necessarily mean doing more, but that means right. because again, like clearly, like a like a pro if, if a program for church growth was gonna save this thing, it would have by now. Right, it would have done it by now. And but uh, yeah, I think you're right. So I looked at this article. And then I asked the question that Todd Bolsinger asked us to say, you know, after you try every experiment, what do you learn from it, right? It's not necessarily a, a pass or a fail. It's a, so now what did we learn, right? right. Um, and, and I think that she does some good self-reflection in that of what did she learn when she tried to make this, you know, unifying movement happen in light of January 6, 2021, um, you know, what did we learn? Well, the, we learned that the church has got some connectional work to do, right? We've got, some, we've, the thing that we are supposed to be the best at right. didn't work. 
right? So so maybe we should be better at yeah. that. Why aren't I mean, we better? I, you and I have been both been a process in a community organizing process here in the East End of Houston through East End mm-hmm. communities, and I had I had another session um, with that this Saturday, night. and I've really enjoyed it, and it's really helped us get to know our community better. <laughs> um, and we are at this part of the process where the, a lot of our meetings center on we've identified some really key challenges. Now, who's going to lead? Mm-hmm. And like, I am the one saying, if we thought about talking to the churches and, 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 and right. I'm like the, one of the few clergy I and mean, the only clergy in this process. And, and so in some ways, I guess it's my role, but that rather than like, man, why don't these people think about church? Well, why, why aren't we, le- why aren't we leading? Why aren't we already doing this thing? Right. When the, when the question arose two meetings ago of like, okay, we have these resources and we have these people that need the resources. If only there were some, you know, connecting body or right. congregation of people. And we're sitting uh, you and I are sitting here in this meeting going, wait, wh- what if we talk to the churches? Like what yeah. if, Right. Why but, aren't the churches already doing this? But though, why aren't the churches right? already doing this? Right. That, that, like this but is. Why aren't the churches already in this role, fulfilling this role for the people? Right? I want to be like, clear. Why aren't we doing better? Yeah. I want to be clear. I am not saying, man, why don't they know how churches work? Instead, what I'm no, saying no. is we failed. We did not do our job as a church and by remaining that bridge, right, between the people and the things that they need. No, um, and, and it is. It's our job. So, and. The, the specific issue that that kind of we're part of the team to work on is issues around housing. And so we mm-hmm. exist in um, the most rapidly set, uh, gentrifying set of zip codes in the country. That's just the mm-hmm. tides uh, that we exist in. And so that means right. there are a lot of people at risk of losing their homes, not because they're going to get kicked, like kicked out, but because they're going to be offered a lot of money. They can no longer yes. afford to repair or keep their house because their property taxes are going up. And so they're going to sell out, but then they're leaving their community. They're, they're, that's contributing to the loss of community identity. Um, and, yes. and so we're in these conversations around housing. And a lot of what we land on is how do we help older people in our community stay in their homes? Like right. keep their home, make it economically viable for them to keep their homes. And it turns out, and I didn't know this, that there are a ton of resources out there of right. like organizations with real money behind them to help like re like refurbish your home so that you can mm-hmm. afford to live there. My dad works for an organization that will build you a wheelchair ramp for free uh, because right. – or like, and also there's community tax incentives for people who are older. Your property, you actually, your property tax is kind of capped if you're over 65. And in the state of Texas, right. by the way. Yeah. And, and so they now don't we're know t- this. They don't know this. And then that's <laughs> where it's like this. really convicting. This is really convicting about the church because the church, this is one of the places, like we're not even trying to reach young people here. This is to like modern church's core demographic. And there's a church on like yeah. every corner. Here in our area, yes. and then, you know, as we've talked about before, like there's like six churches on our block, and yet we're not. This is not information that I knew, and that that are we're not sharing and connecting our folks to these resources. We're not even being that to. We're being the, truly being the church, the people within our walls. Right, right. If we are meant to be this community connection, if we are in the business of people, when we're in the business of relationships with people. 
And yet we have fundamentally failed at caring for those people who we are already in relationship with. And, you know, and, and it's, but it's, and and then it's not a pro, it's still not a program. Unfortunately, I, right. Trey Comstock, designer of programs. Um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, this is some of the, like, you know, youth group to youth director to young pastor pipeline is just, that is the, like, at least in the United Methodist tradition, so many of our clergy colleagues are people who were youth director colleagues, are and then were people who were, mm-hmm. like, you know, very active youth friends right that is like a real like um it's it's how you and i get it's how you and i get work done around here um Mm -hmm. and and and, you know and that you at least you're ending up with people who know how to do something like i'm not insulting like that's the world you and i both come from but it's still not programs it is it is this you know and i think she calls it out um again i can't recommend reading this piece enough um of what she calls us out for having lost, and I see resonate in our work in the East in East End communities, is that is like church? Where are you? Yeah, church. Where are you? That <laughs> church. That where are you? <laughs> we, you know, this came, comes back to our you know, weeks ago discussion on church architecture. You know, also plays in this. Like we got really good at being a god box. When, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of it is, that we don't like to talk about is one of the, the one of the things we don't like to talk about uh, in terms of church attendance during the Cold War is how did you prove you weren't a godless communist? You went to church, right? That like some of that gets wrapped up in the politics of the moment that is not, right. we, we don't get to coast on that. Mm-hmm. And so now in this utterly disconnected age... People are clamoring for connection and they're finding it and they're finding it in really cool and beautiful ways. Yeah. And they're not in finding sacred it spaces here. outside of the church, yeah. but that those sacred spaces are popping up all over organically because people do still crave sacred community connection, but that they're not finding it within the walls of the church. So what do we do? When I, when I was an undergraduate, um, uh, back when I was pushing 20, um, I, uh, my first semester, I took a class, um, it was my service, learn- I was a service learning, sc- a sharp scholar, a service learning scholar at the College of William and Mary. And so you had to take your sharp seminar and my sharp seminar was about religion in the public square. And mm-hmm. our service learning is we worked alongside religious nonprofits to like learn more about the ways that kind of the intersection of religion and nonprofit and whatever. And I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. This is, and I think I just really screwed up filling up the form. I'm not even entirely sure this is the thing I chose. I think this is the thing I ended up in. Anyways, it was really prophetic for what the rest of my life was. And the Lord works in mysterious ways. And so we had to read all of these scholars and about religion in the public square. But one of the things we had to read um, that every undergraduate, I guess, had to read at that time was Robert Putnam's Bowling Alone. And, mm-hmm. and, it was not framed this way, but like it was basically he's writing in the early late nineties, early two thousands. I think he's revised a little bit over time, but the core thesis remains that like bowling alone, meaning well, way fewer people are joining bowling groups. And this becomes like predictive of church life too. Fewer people are, 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 you know, 
joining churches. And, and he blames, again, this is really not entirely pre-internet, but largely pre-internet. Um, <clears throat> he blames cable television and uh, air conditioning, right? So air conditioning, <laughs> mean, uh, he's run. It sounds yeah. ridiculous, but he's not wrong. Like you don't sit down on your front porch and get to know your neighbors. Right, right. Uh, because you sit inside. Because uh, mm-hmm. And uh, now you have the TV never ends. And so, and now it really never ends. TikTok never ends. Right. TikTok, and, you know, all the social medias never end. And we contribute saw, to this. And yeah, I, I saw a meme about that. It was, a, you know, so many of the world's problems would go away if we would all just sit on our front porch snapping green beans with grandma again. Yeah. It's uh-huh. that. It's the idea of community there. And that, like, sounds nostalgic. And I resist nostalgia in almost every form. But what Robert Putnam's mm-hmm. getting at is there is this sense of, like, a slow and then rapid and now, you know, kind of now 20, more than 20 years on from his work, almost 20 years on from when I first read his work in the, mm-hmm. you know, fall of 2005, that's only accelerated. And mm-hmm. God designed a way for people to be connected, for people to be unified, for uh, important problems to be addressed. God gifted the world the church yes right and so often whether we look at you know our my love of pew statistics um or you know this very incisive um and insightful article editorial is we're not like we're not doing it right church where are you (laughs) if you have an answer to that question, please write in. Uh, <laughs> the goodness of God pod at gmail.com. Or if you, I, I would love to hear, because this is, it's not like it's happening nowhere. It's just not happening enough. It's not enough of our story. If you have the, the positive stories of, of where is the church? Uh, uh, goodness of God pod at gmail.com. That is the goodness of God pod at gmail.com. Everything we do here, the Servants Now Media Lab, is made possible by a generous innovators grant for the Texas Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. If you want to help us out, like, comment, subscribe, share, leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcast, all of that stuff, you know, helps us rise up the algorithm uh, and helps our work get more places, uh, which, you know, increases the impact of what we're trying to do in our own a small way. And so we deeply appreciate that. If you want more um, from Servants Now, uh, facebook.com slash Servants Now, youtube.com slash Servants Now, um, ServantsNow.org are right now the best three places uh, to find us. And go in peace to love and serve the Lord. We'll see you next time.